I'm fantastic. Um, you know, contrary to popular opinion, um, it's been a crazy, crazy week, especially as a Chelsea fan, because um, that that loss hurts. It, it hurts really bad, but um, it is what it is. Um, I feel, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not like someone else that doesn't really feel your pain on this. He can Well, he, he, I, I don't think he can. I don't think he even has the right to feel anything because. He's never been to the Champions League, so obviously he can't. He can't relate. So let's let's just keep it at that. <laughs> hey God, my God, you fight for me! Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> so let's keep it to people who can actually relate. Then before then they can feel they can feel the pain. Yeah, but that's that. Um, yeah. So our priorities now are now the FA Cup and the league. Um, I don't think top four is the challenge really because the third place is pretty much sealed. Um, Arsenal and Spurs and the likes can battle for the fourth place, but um, yeah, I think we still need a trophy, so we'd have to go really hard for the FA Cup, but um, I think the league is guaranteed. So, aside that, I think I'm good. Well, it, it's good that you actually have your eyes away from the things that have happened in the past and the focus is now on things that do lie ahead. But Greg, do you still hurt from from that defeat and from those two names, Karim Benzema, Luka Modric, do they give you nightmare? I feel some form of relief, relief. Uh, and yeah, that's the angle of life. Maybe these are us now, but they're, you know, or, uh, or accepting mediocrity is bad and all that stuff. But really, like, we dropped the bar so low after that first leg. We draw the bar so so low that for the boys to come from literally zero to hundred on that day and putting that kind of shift is amazing. I, I've said it countless times on this podcast that I'm a huge fan of. Um, well, we have to give kudos to who deserves them, and I'm glad you did that. And speaking about Real Madrid, there, but we yes, you also performed. But we're active in Europe this week and somehow amongst all of us here, you're the only one still in Europe. Speaking of West Ham after the three three oh win yesterday. How are you feeling coming into this one? Well, um, first of all, that um, victory we had yesterday was in memory of the late Mark Vivian Four. Um, and he's so rest in peace. He just did what Englishmen call last respect to the dead. Um, last season, Chelsea has the only one the Champions League by beating European heritage. So I feel like it's no hard reason why we are already favourites or seen as favourites for the Europa League. We already got the job done against Sevilla, who are um, Europa League quote, heritage as it were. So I'm feeling very good. I was very comfortable with we'll winning the game against Lyon, and I told 
everyone that cared to know that asked me on Wednesday night that I mean I have a friend in in, in London somewhere he stays close to Stratford so he said he wants to buy our ticket I said there is no need that West Ham is not playing backer except you have any player you want to watch in Frankfurt said why that that's likely going to be the scholar I said no that is either going to be Leon upsetting West Ham to play backer or West Ham upsetting Leon to play Frankfurt he said no problem that I will hold on to you after yesterday night's games and you'll buy his tickets as we speak um, Samuel has used his money to buy tickets for Crystal Palace versus Chelsea because he's a Chelsea fan. So he listened to my advice and he's not going to watch the semi-final because he doesn't think he's a big game. So it was very, very good. I mean, McNoble was in tears. He couldn't believe it. And it's going to be really magical if we can win a European trophy before our noisy neighbours, Arsenal and Tottenham. So that's like my new agenda. Um, I, I've left Chelsea. I've left Man U. Um, they've had a very good season in their rights in some aspects. Um, they've proved me wrong, but I just hope, like Arsenal and Tottenham, who are now my target market, I get to smile at the end of the season above Tottenham. Well, hopefully, hopefully, ends all smiles for you. I'm not sure I'm saying that from the bottom of my heart, but for some <laughs> reason, because. <laughs> Because you seem to let my you go, and I'm giving you or wishing you some good luck going into this. But we Thank are, you. As, yes, you're welcome, yes. But we as a whole are going into double game week 32, and we know this is the time of the season where we need the most luck. And Ohis, I'll be starting with you. We know how double game weeks have been throughout the season. But looking at this double game week 33, which teams can we look at? look at to expect performances from based on their fixtures and which players in this team should we be looking at? Okay, so I'll start with your first question about which team should we be looking at. We have to look at Arsenal. Uh, we have to look at Arsenal because they are the team that everyone tipped to uh, make the top four since their um, FA Cup exit to Nottingham Forest in January. So Arsenal is a team we should be looking at. Another team I think we should look closely is Manchester United. Yes, I might not be a fan of Manchester United, but let's be very, very honest. Manchester United play Norwich, 20th place Norwich. And Manchester United have this thing where I call their annual season draw on Monosoup with Liverpool. So it happened um, with Van Gaal, it happened with Moyes, and it happened with Mourinho. It even happened with Ole as well. But this season, I don't know. But there's always this way that when you approach games against Liverpool, that once a season, Liverpool has been better on them. And the second game, or the second time they play, it will always be a draw or vice versa. So I feel like Man U and Arsenal are teams we can look closely um, going into double game week. For players, I feel we should look at Ronaldo. Ronaldo will be a member of the PL100 club this um, season because we don't know where he plays football next year and there's no better way to mark that than against Norwich. Ronaldo will also want to prove a point against Liverpool who he boasted in the first leg. Arsenal, I would say we should look at two players. Gabriel, I call him Gabriel Macaroni because I can't pronounce his surname. Gabriel and Saka. I said Gabriel because Gabriel has this way of always scoring from set pieces in games that Arsenal attackers have always failed to show themselves or prove their words, which we've seen in Arsenal's last two games against Crystal Palace 
and um, I can't remember the game. And Brighton, thank you, Brighton. So um, it was Odegaard that scored the long goal against Brighton, and they failed to score against Crystal Palace. So I think we should look at the defensive asset in Gabriel because that's a double game that they might get a clean sheet, especially as Southampton having been so impressive in their last game against Chelsea. Another player is Bukayo Saka, and I'm saying Bukayo Saka because at the time I want to chip and change and chop things because he doesn't have anybody to play left back, so Shaka has been deputizing um, that position. Get together, also known as um, Oambe, also known as Thomas Partey, is also injured. So in his midfield, he might want to play one midfielder, which would mean that Emil Smith-Rowe and Odegaard can play in front of them and Martinelli and Saka can play on the flanks. What that means is Lacazette might play like a four, not false nine rather, he can play like a hold-up role where he's like holding the ball and letting Saka and Martinelli go. So I feel like Saka will be more advanced position. So from Mayu, Ronaldo, from Arsenal, Saka and Gabriel. I know there's a name you are expecting me to call Chief, but I won't call that. And it's just for one reason because against Liverpool, outside the FA Cup free kick, the 3 2 win, Bruno has not really performed against Liverpool. And against Norwich, Norwich are trying to fight that last fight. And I see um, Ronaldo scoring one or two from the spot because Ronaldo is on set piece, um, sorry, spot speed duty against Norwich. So it's like a very close. That's why I am not mentioning Bruno Fernandes in any of because he has a poor record against Liverpool. And Norwich don't really give him a lot aside from set piece. And Bruno is not exactly on set piece. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good that you tried so so hard. You tried the best you could, not to mention his name. But somehow, you know, Fernandez still came out of your your lips. It's quality. Like once you meet quality, you cannot you cannot but acknowledge it. You understand? So I, I understand you and the points you raised, which which are very valid to actually state. But still, quality is. The person personified by the man Bruno Fernandes. As we all know, double game weeks have been a sham throughout this season, even in seasons past. And reward, we've spoken many times about it. We've cried tears, we've wailed, we've wondered and pondered why did we still fall for this guy? So now I'm going to be asking you, looking at the, the guys or the teams that have single games in this game week. Which players could be good enough options to stand in our teams as opposed to going for double game week players in this game week? All right. So obviously, we know that um, players from City, Liverpool and Spurs, um, they remain like the greatest assets and because they have so much to fight for in the league. Um, City and Spurs and Liverpool, they're going for the league title while, while Spurs is going for the fourth place. Right. Um, so for a player like Cancelo, um, he's owned by I think about fifty percent of um, managers. But the fact that he doesn't have a double, I don't think that means he should be overlooked. He's a defender with the highest number of shots, um, and he plays in the best defense in the league. Anyways, he can haul in any fixture, and it's a home fixture with um, at home to Brighton. Um, the fact that it's a single game week doesn't mean that um, he's not he's not a must-have, right? Um, we know that he's suspended from the UCL semis and Walker is also injured so we know that Cancelo is definitely going to play against Brighton 
um, Brighton, on the other hand, they've only scored thrice in their previous eight games. And the two of that was against Arsenal, by the way. Um, and they've been on a huge drought of, in front of goal. So Arsenal was just the anomaly. So um, I'll just say, don't overlook Cancelo. Um, the other guys, of course, we know Salah. <laughs> um, Salah can score against almost anyone. Um, as we saw in the reverse fixture where he scored 24 points. He's been on like a three-game scoring drought, but Salah is just too good not to not to score very soon. And he has like almost, I think he has the highest ownership, 58.4%. Um, what more can we say about, I think in the last, in the last, um, last podcast we spoke highly of Son and Kane those guys are just <laughs> they're just lethal and the way they are going Son looks like he can score a hat-trick every match so regardless that it's a single game week I'm very sure Son can do better than most um, double game week players so uh, I'll just leave that there just keep in mind the Spurs and Liverpool assets don't take them out of your team just because they have a single game week Thank you, Ward. And I'm just thinking of Musala and that first leg against United. I pray and I'm fasting today that that doesn't repeat itself. So, for everyone <laughs> listening, if you do believe in my prayers, I'm telling you right now, you should stay far away from Musala because lightning and thunder will hold him in that game. But <laughs> we still know the Egyptian prince remains a threat whichever team is facing City, United, Spurs or bottom of the league knowledge is a threat and some people may be going into this double game with having exhausted their wildcard free hit chips so I'm looking at how we can move around the shuffle players transfer options and what would be or which players would be the best assets to get in using our normal transfers for those that have already used their yeah, free hit chips. Greg, what players or what which assets should we be looking at? Where you are in your team, um, who you have at the moment, is what you decide who you sign, regardless of whether a chip is in question or anything like that. Right? So I think the only way to answer this question is by giving like the general outlook of what players to watch out for. So then everybody individually will now know, okay, I have this person or I don't have this person and stuff like that. So I think this week, my um, exercise for this week looks something like, for the keeper, I don't know, it's a toss, there's a coin, there's a coin toss between um, Schmeichel and Deja for me because Leicester's defensive record has been one of the worst. Even though they have a double game, they can just easily well concede in those two game weeks. However, Schmeichel makes a lot of saves. So it's a case of calculating what are the possible points. We could see a four-pointer from Schmeichel, but if he makes a couple of saves, then maybe he gets six instead of four. If he gets a clean sheet, then maybe he gets ten. That's is still in while looking at for Schmeichel. For they are it's definitely considered against Liverpool. There's no two ways about that. We're expecting a six at least from Norwich. So it's a case of do you want to play safe by having they are just bank your six from Norwich, 
like three there's nothing in social but likely six from Norwich and then two from Liverpool or you want to go with Michael who has possibility for a higher ceiling there's no middle ground with Michael that is way higher than they are or way lower so there um, Schmeichel is going to be my preferred pick out of the two boys it's not possible both of them the rest of my team Teles because Shaw is currently out so Teles will likely play two matches and Norwich is a good fixture for someone it's a lot of crosses Teles, Cancelo reward has given us the object of Cancelo Shaw Shaw has been the top scoring defender over the past six game weeks with good reason set pieces so set pieces is attacking a lot and he's well priced with double game Saka because if Arsenal does anything he has to he has to come through Saka one way or the other and Southampton just considers six to Chelsea so let's let's see how Saka does Bruno for me because I mean it's Bruno it's annoying when this bad there's no middle ground it's like it's really well or really bad I know which is a good opportunity for him to play really well so Bruno is in the team Madison for me Son and Son with Amban because this player the most fun now and the most reliable that we can trust. I can trust Bruno really Norwich for me. So I'm Captain Son, that's him. Then in the attack, finally we have attackers that we can look up to this week this weekend. So I'm thinking Ronaldo, Ronaldo Wood and Kane. Just because Wood has scored in his last two previous home matches and these are two back-to-back home matches against Leicester who consider a lot of goals and Palace who are inconsistent and we have Kane against Brighton of course so that's my go-to preferred exile now of course you can make some slight alternatives like instead of Madison go for Bands you Bands might have a higher ceiling instead of Woods you might go for Saints Maximum Anything around this 11, I just called now. I think based on your team, if you don't have a free, you should be looking to get one of them because this 11 I called is not just an 11 for this game week, but they also have good fixtures going down the line, except Sharp, who has one more good game week, and then the rest of them are bad. So you're set to put any of these guys in your team and you're to go for this week if you don't have a free hit. Well, you, you've heard it there. If you do not have a free hit, this is the best XI possible to come up with. Well, we still have the Pep Relay, the top four battle discourse, and of course, captaincy picks coming up. But right now, we're going on a short break. Wait for us, because we'll be right back. City still in the FA Cup, the Champions League, and of course, leading in the title race. Do we think Pep is going to sit down and perform some magic which we know as the Pep Roulet? Or would he face the business side of the season and put his business people in every game? Seeing that some of his generals went out injured in the second leg against Atletico Madrid, reward. How do you think Pep would go into this one? I think this is a this is a no-brainer now. It's Pep, so of course he has to rotate. He still has um, three trophies to go for, so and he has the squad size to do that. And all the players he have, he has equally as good. So why not? Um, but I think there are players we can take. They are pretty nailed on in Pep's team. 
Um, I spoke about Cancelo the other time. Cancelo is the the mainstay in that team. I think one of the first names on the team sheet. So you can't go wrong with Cancelo. Um, another not so popular pick is the goalkeeper Ederson. He literally plays every game of the season. So if you want stability and your daily or your constant six pointers, just go with Ederson. Um, the midfield is a minefield. So <laughs> um, KDB would have been our go-to, but sadly he got injured in the Atletico game. So that's that. Um, of course, there's no striker. I can't even call Jesus a striker. Um, you can make your picks. I think Bernardo Silva is also a mainstay, but of late he hasn't been delivering the goods as he was earlier in the season. So um, for me, if you were to go with a City asset, I'll just stick to defenders and a goalkeeper. That's absolutely fair enough. So I have no idea what Pep is going to put out in his forward line at all. Like, there's no clue whatsoever who to expect on, on that starting But like you rightly mentioned, Cancelo is one of those names that you can bank on when it comes to Man City playing. But some teams are fighting tooth and nail for a chance to finish within the top four at the top the fourth position is still open. Sports, Manchester United, Arsenal, Western, all trying to battle it out to finish in that coveted top four and claim the fourth position. Now, which which of these teams do you think has the will and I don't know if you call it passion now, no character, to go at every game left in this season and secure a top four finish. Okay, which team should we be looking at? Man, to be honest, I've pre- I've, I've I've changed my prediction so many times this season, so I'm I'm tired of predicting. First, I said Arsenal will make top four because United will get to at least the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Then they draw PSG, and I say. They will make they, they won't pass the round of 16. They now draw Atletico. And I'm like, okay, see, I feel like they will pass Atletico, but let me just gamble. And then they get knocked out. So I feel like it's a three-horse race between Spurs, Arsenal, and Manchester United. I am not mentioning West Ham because of commitment in Europe. I am not mentioning Wolves because Wolves have proven time down number that they can't score and they are very inconsistent. I mean, I, I expected so much with. Pedro Neto's return. Expected so much with um, Podence's peak of form. Even the fraudulent Portuguese Fabio Silva, I thought will bring a lot, but I, I, I kind of feel like Wolves cannot make the top four. So I'm going to put Spurs, Arsenal, and um, Manchester United, three horse race for the top four. I think Chelsea is home and dry. I mean, with their exit on Tuesday, they don't have any other distraction and they will most likely win Crystal Palace this weekend. And when that happens, they just have one more trip to Wembley. I mean, so it's kind of already, it's kind of a done deal for Chelsea. So in the top four is, I will put in the pecking order first pause, then Manchester United, then Arsenal, because of the fact that Arsenal still has to play Chelsea, Spurs, and uh, Chelsea Spurs, and Arsenal have one more top game. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. While United, United's tough games left are Liverpool and Chelsea. 
So Spurs really just had Liverpool left, in my opinion. I don't see um, Arsenal as a tough game for Spurs, but I see wow. Spurs as a tough game for Arsenal. That's just the way it is. Wow. He basically just wrote off Arsenal from, from the conversation. Like this Arsenal be six. Oh, not even good. <laughs> well, for someone who supported them earlier in the season, it's fair to give that assessment, saying that they seem to stutter or stumble when when the pressure comes mounting down. Let's see how it all plays out in the last few game weeks left in this season. We're looking at double game week 33. For those who have used their free hits and wild cards and have nothing left to offer in terms of transfer allowable chips, it's taking some minus what is going into this possible scam double game week 33. Greg, what's your take on this? Minus points. Um, it depends on where you are and in your mini leagues, right? Are you chasing, or even in world ranking, if you are someone that's looking at world ranking that will you up this or something, wherever you are chasing, whatever competition you are in, so you have to look at, are you chasing, or are you maintaining rank? That's, that's what we start I mean, whether you are going to be aggressive or not. If you're chasing, then you look at your minus points on a new job basis. I think I learned this from the board. So you look at it as, like, this particular player now on this one is just one minus four. They're not looking at it as a combination of minus twelve, for example. They're looking at it as this one is minus four, this one is minus four, this one is minus four. Can this person reward his own minus four? Can this other person reward his minus four? That's a more aggressive way to be, but you can play like that if you're chasing. If you're not chasing, then try to just be more conservative. That's my take on um, minus points. Whether that is double gaming or not double gaming in general. Mm, that, that's fair, but, but let's also add, add this part to it. So if you're looking at at those individual players and asking if, as a player, if this person is worth it, would you, who are the players you'd be looking at as key components who would be worth that risk? Somebody worth taking a minus four for this game week. Ah. It's tough. You have to know who they are removing. On a, on a flat basis, like, if I had to remove the factor of who you are removing to bring that person in, then I don't think anybody's worth taking a minus for this, this particular game. So I don't think the ceiling is so high for so many players. Even players the ceiling are high for most people already have them, like Son. People already have Son. Um, Fernandez is just it's like a single game with game record. I don't think Liverpool really counts as a double game with actually. And only God knows what money can play so, so I don't think there's anybody worth taking a minus four for on the on the basis of just that player. But if you are trying to get rid of somebody that you know this person is not gonna do anything, like I think Jimenez blanks this game. So if you're trying to do Jimenez to wood, then surely you can do that for a minus four. Something like that. So it depends on who you are removing. But if if we are removing the factor of who you are removing, let's say the player you have is already decent, he's not having a blank game with or anything, then nobody is for me guarantees in minus four.
that's that's absolutely fair enough. You can looking at the fact that the person you're removing may actually score two or let's say one point and took a minor to bring them the new person in, and then that person goes and scores four. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to do your calculation in, in the overall sense. And we know it's it's all it's crunch time in the season. It's almost the end of the season. For the teams playing in the Premier League, for us in our mini leagues and on a global stage as well, reward would would we use would it be worth it to use a defensive in this game week? And what players could possibly feature on that then? All right, so this is a very team-specific, um, the team-specific question. But I would say, if you have a wild card in hand, um, I think you can afford to wait to use your bench boost in game week thirty-six because that's like the biggest um, double game week this season, right? Um, and it's easier to set up a bench boost team if you just um, played your wild card the previous game week. Um, so what I'll do is, um, you could probably draft a potential double game week. Um, a bench boost game with 36 team and compared to your current bench boost game with 33 team right but also take into account the all the transfers you have to make riding game with 34 and 35 to accommodate um your bench for game with 36. so on the other hand if you don't have a wild card um it's risky not to bench boost right away like in game with 33 if you're well set up um because if you leave your bench post um, till later in the season, there's a um, you have to be ready to definitely take hits to prepare for it because there's no wild card in hand, right? So you definitely have to take um, hits. So those net gains, um, it's a 50-50 thing, really. Um, so like I would, I guess like one thing I always say is if you want to use a bench post. Um, you have to you have to consider the fact that okay let's say i take a minus 12 now for some players and i play my bench boost and at the end of the game week i see that my bench the players on my bench give me um 24 points on the surface that looks like a great bench boost right it looks like the bench boost worked but when i net the minus 12 i had to take to be able to play that um, to play the chip, I'm left to just 12 points, <laughs> and that's a disaster for if you're, if you're playing your bench post, right? So um, it's, it's a very team-specific thing. So look at your team and look at the way it's set up, and if you feel you have the necessary players and you can get um, a good score out of, then by all means play the bench post. But if you have your wild card, um, I suggest you wait for game week 36. Well, game week 36 looks like. Well, it's what's in front of us right now that I'm looking at, and yeah, I have no wild card left, no free hits, nothing of that nature. But I'll definitely be using my bench boost this game week 33. Well, we've come to that point in the episode that you all wait for, and of course, that is Captain CP. I'm going to start with the man who hits, the man full of agendas and whatnot, sticks with guns, even in dire situations. Who hits? Who is your captain going into double game week 33? Man, 
Chooks, I'm not going to lie, my my captain pick, like my captain pick plans have been shattered. Like, I so um, since I think my Pope walked, anytime Burnley have a double game week, I go for a Burnley asset. Except the week that um, I went for what's this guy's name? I went for Salah. That was um, the week before the week Kone had 13 points. I can't remember that game that Salah blanked. The, the game before um, Spurs, I can't remember the team. Anyone can remind me. So that week, I wanted to captain Kone because of my normal, any Burnley double game week, I will captain a Burnley asset, be it defense or offense. I went for Salah, Salah blanked. Kone gets 13 points. I think he has a goal and assist against um, Everton or so. So with the newest development on Shondai sack, I don't really know how they will set up. So I'm changing my band or I'm removing my band with immediate effect from Maxwell Kone and I'm giving it to Bukayo Saka. Why am I giving it to Bukayo Saka? I'm giving it to Bukayo Saka because in the past three seasons, Arsenal and Chelsea, they never do the double against each other. It's either Arsenal has one on Chelsea, Chelsea has one on Arsenal, they draw and so on and so forth. And I feel like Bukayo Saka will be in the, in, in the mix of things. So there's no better player to give than Bukayo Saka. Um, another option I'm considering is the um, Southampton striker who has not really been on form lately, but Chelsea fans can't wait to just call him their player at the end of the season, Armando Broger. Armando Broger is playing Arsenal and Burnley. There are games that Southampton might not win, but you know that when an Armando Broger is playing, Southampton have the potential to score. There I say, even if Chelsea scored 15 goals against Southampton at St. Mary's, the last game week. If Broder played, I mean, he was ineligible because he was against his parents' club. I think Broder would have had some because that Chelsea back four was a bit shaky on the day. But just because they didn't have someone with an eye for goal like Broder, um, they couldn't do justice. So my captain pick is Saka. But if I hear one or two things about field in the Arsenal camp, or one or two things, I might change it at last minute to Amanda Broder, but I'm definitely removing my armband from Kone because I don't know how Burnley's new manager bounce will be. I mean, they've not had a new manager bounce in the past decade. It's wonderful thing that all your captain options happen to be differential from Kone, who you've dropped by, to Kyle Saka and... Is Saka really a differential pick? In terms of captaincy, he's not a name that is popular on, on people with team okay, shit. Okay, I, I, I agree, I agree, I agree. Yeah, so it's differential, but if you want, it could be a really differential move by you. But reward, I know you take very calculated steps towards setting your FPL team. So who have you calculated to give the handband to in this game? I'm this this game would likely be the most um, <clears throat> I don't want to say confusing. I'm still torn for choice right now. I've not made a decision yet, um, so I don't have Son in my team at the moment. But I'm really considering bringing him in um, as a replacement for Salah. I know that sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> um, Son is the most important player in the league. Um, with three double digit digital. Are you also going differential? Like, what's going on here? 
I can't, I can't, I can't continue to ignore son. The guy has been hurting my, been hurting my rank badly, and I've been stubborn to this point. But I don't think I can, I can continue. I have to give him. Um, so it's either I can't, if I don't go with son, I'll definitely captain Salah. Um, but I feel I need to jump on the sports bandwagon. So son has 51 um, FPL points in the last four game weeks. Um, the closest to that is De Bruyne with 41. So Son is bang on form. He looks like he can score a hat trick in anything. Anything he shoots, any shots, just enter, just enters the goal. So I don't know. Um, but a, a caveat is that Son hasn't scored a single. He hasn't given us any return in the last seven meetings against Brighton. So I think I should just put that out there. Um, so it remains to be seen whether this is hot form. And well, I know you're, you're a man who also believes in prayer. And like I said, I'm going to be fighting against Liverpool doing anything to United in that game. So maybe Mostara may actually be one who should head out of the team and this one could come in. But Greg, I know you calculate as well. However, you had a minus 84 that was miscalculated. Looking at this season and seeing that. <laughs> Looking at this season, I think that crunch time in the season and no room for error. Who would be your captain in this double game with Fetty? I'll give it to Son. I'll give it to Son. It's a risk because I mean, Brighton on Brighton on any day can just stop someone from scoring. It's scary. I'll give it to Son. I don't know who else. I don't have Salah. I, I think Salah is just as good as Son this game because Manu, Manu's defense and Brighton's defense, defense, there's not much between them. And Salah is just as good, if not better than Son. I, I think it's the same, the same point. Son, KDB, and Salah this game, I think three of them can get just the same amount of points. But I'll, I'll give Son just because that's why I have my team out of three of them. I'll give Son. That, that's fair enough, really. Yeah. Sorry, what about Oiz? Oiz? Sorry, Oiz said uh, he gives Saka. Oiz, you don't rate Chelsea. After, remember our last Premier League score was 6-0. Hope you know. I hope you watch our match against oh Real Madrid. <laughs> okay. When well, last did you do the double on us now? Just answer that what? question, Greg. You more that time since now, I'm sure I've probably worked in like five companies or something. With the annoyance of gets of of the Champions League, we'll put the we'll put the on us now. Oh yeah, I read my case troops. Who beat you last? I, I bought Jesse now to celebrate. Yeah. I, 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 I bought Jesse. I bought Jesse. Brentford is now my second club. They own me. So, so the thing is, we definitely have to wait and see how how this game turns out. Is it going to go? Is it going to go positive for the differential pitch? Or would regular style son in the standout performance in this game? We'll have to wait and see. Well, with that, we've come to the end of this episode of the MP Stands Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on any platform you listen on. 
and you should head to Twitter now and follow us at The Empty Stand and Instagram at The Empty Stand Podcast for all the latest updates as they come and when they come. It's bye for now and wishing you green arrows double game week 33. See you later.